Now it's 1106 on WSIC News Radio. You're listening yes. to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page, YouTube page, X, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. This week we have back the star of the show, <laughs> the one we all miss, the one oh, we all whatever. want here, Senator <laughs> Sawyer. So good to have you back. Flying solo without you just wasn't the same. Uh-huh. We'll ignore the spike in ratings. Uh, you know, but th- when I was flying solo, I really feel like it was just a fluke. Honestly, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's Friday. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be back. First <laughs> Thank of you all, for having I, you back I, on your own show. Yes, I'm, I'm very <laughs> grateful to be back. And um, so, as fragile as my ego is. When you told me that I waited for you to kind of be busy and I went into Bill, who's the producer, and I asked privately, was it better without me? (laughs) It was not. It decidedly was not. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, so you can, an inside peek onto a politician and we just have fragile egos sometimes. So I was a little concerned that you had more fun without me, but yeah. you, we did have a big name on the line. We we do? You did. Ha- well, you did. Oh, I did have a big name. Yes. yes we had, had Congressman Patrick McHenry. Yes, you did. You did. So I was grateful to for him to call in. And then we always... had an even bigger name at the end of the show when you called in. Oh, yes. So yes. And obviously that's when the spike honestly happened. Is that what it was? That's what it was. When you get, when you came back in, it, yeah. it, that's when it jumped back up again. Well, I'm glad. Last week is behind us. We have the budget of North Carolina passed. It was uh, a little overdue, but actually almost right on time. I feel like it was, uh, we were all a little 10 months pregnant, as they say. <laughs> and then some. And then some. So that has been passed. We'll go through some of that on our show and we'll talk about some highlights, but just glad to be back and talk about all things Raleigh. And then we have something new that comes on. It's supposed to be once every 10 years, but in North Carolina, it's once every two years. And that's redistricting. Groundhog Day again with redistricting. Yeah. So drawing maps. So have you got your markers out? Have you been have you been like putting up like little squiggly marks around our area to make sure that you're carving out the best spots for yeah, you? Yeah, right. No, I am not allowed in those rooms. So I have <laughs> nothing to do with anything redistricting. Um, I go and vote on the final maps when they are presented in front of me. So that is. Do and that is with upon our chairs that are their districting committee who work with that. So we are currently doing a listening tour across North Carolina. I think that uh, coast maybe today is the last day or that they're hearing, and then I believe we start seeing the maps in October. In October, very nice. But you did, like you did say, we do finally have a budget. Um, we talked briefly a little bit last week when you called in, but a lot of good stuff in yeah. this budget um, for Iredell County, for the state. Um, you did a good job bringing home the bacon, so to speak, as as a representative of our area, <laughs> yeah. which is your job, by well, the way. Yeah, and we did get some good stuff in for Cornelius as well. But um, when I was sharing the information with some of our folks in the party, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? You, you're conservative and, you know, pork and earmarks are kind of one of those things that that dirty subject that nobody wants to talk about but if you're up there and that type of money is getting um, around if you're not standing there asking and advocating for your district you're doing your district a disservice there's a lot of good things in here that simply are just going to enhance what local folks are going to be able to do so I'm excited for that but just remember there's this thing that we do in state of North Carolina between the house and um, senate and we put together what's called a spending limit Tabor. So in other words, it's a basically cost plus inflation plus, um, I can't remember the whole thing, but basically it says we're only going to spend this much. And at the very beginning of the spending process, they set that limit. There's an agreement between the House and the Senate. So as they fund everything else that we have to fund, that the difference between what should be funded and what that number is, 
that's where you see some of these local investments and projects come through. Absolutely. Well, and it's it's funny because I think sometimes we we sometimes forget that, okay, so the uh, Republicans in the General Assembly have created a business and tax environment mm-hmm. in North Carolina that makes it, you know, number one state uh, in the in the country for business. Um, we have seen dramatic growth in the state in jobs, in mm-hmm. residences, in um, commercial, and the, all those people coming in, all those jobs bring in, they, they bring in taxes and sales taxes. And so we continually to see an increase in mm-hmm. tax revenue mm-hmm. while still lowering the personal income tax right. rate. So it's actually working. We're bringing in more tax revenue while lowering your personal income tax rate. Thus, we would like to spend on some critical <laughs> things like roads right. and schools <laughs> and scholarships and infrastructure and water and sewer. Yeah. That's the idea. People love to zero in. You spent this much more. Well, how much more did we bring in? Right. 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 We brought in, you know, 35% more in revenue, but we're only spending about 15% more because of taper. You know, I'm throwing yeah. those numbers, but, yeah. but the general idea. So in essence, we are spending far right. less than we're bringing in, which means the formula is working. That's so right. if you're going to complain about government spending in your district, hey, remember, we're still bringing in a lot. We could be spending so much more right. and still be in the green, right. still be in the green. So right. perspective, folks, perspective. Right. We are continuing to lower your personal income tax, which is a commitment that the Republican General Assembly made when they took over 10 years ago. Is it 10 years, 12 years ago now? Yeah, about 12 years ago. And um, so that is going to continue to go forward. And there are triggers in this budget. So if we do continue to have over-collection of taxes, then those tax cuts will be accelerated. So I don't know that we'll ever get to zero. That's tough. That's tough to do. But, I mean, you know, Tennessee's done it. Florida's done it. So it's not unheard of. But I definitely feel like um, that that we should not be taxing folks on the money that they make, maybe the money that they spend. And that's where North Carolina is going through. Well, exactly. And then you at least have you at least have some choice in in how much tax you're going to pay by how much you spend. Right. right? So it's like you don't you don't want your tax burden to go up from a, a spending use tax standpoint. Don't spend as much. But to be fair, we like it when you spend more. Yeah. <laughs> we like it when you do that. It's what keeps the economy going. I know. It's, it's the going... circle of life, folks. It it's the economic circle of life. It is. So we um th- so the nice part about this budget is that I can see that folks who are um, complaining about some of it really are complaining about things that aren't that important, but more like showstoppers. So I mean, we have made some of the most critical investments in water and sewer infrastructure across North Carolina, huge amount of money there. There is more money going into education, despite what you're going to hear. And I want to talk about the opportunity scholarships after the break. What that means is the voucher program that has been expanded in North Carolina. And I want to talk about my personal progression through the whole thought, because I wasn't where I am today when you when I first got elected and thought about these things through. Wait, wait. So just so you're breaking news, an elected official evolved in their position <laughs> to come around on something. News at 11, folks. I, I mean, we're breaking things all over here. Did that happened with you? Yeah, really? yeah. Education is actually a big thing. You know, yeah. when you start learning about the things from both sides of the perspective, then you can understand the, what maybe the General Assembly has been trying to do all along. And so I'm very excited about this budget and where we're going. And I think school choice is a big deal. Absolutely. Well, And, and you mentioned uh, water and sewer infrastructure money. You know, um, I believe town of Troutment got upwards of, uh, you know, close to 13, 14 million dollars yeah. for critical water and infrastructure. And given the growth that Troutman is now seeing mm-hmm. and, the and, and you know, a lot of people don't realize um, Troutman has to get their water either from Mooresville right. or from Statesville mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit in Carolina water, a little bit in mm-hmm. Aqua. 
but they are reliant on other places to bring their water in. Mm-hmm. So the ability to upgrade their infrastructure is going to be huge for them. Yeah, absolutely. And this gives them a help and a shot in the arm that they needed to get a, you know ahead of the growth. I heard someone say the other day, like, um, why didn't you plan for all this water and wastewater and all of this growth? Well, you know what? If y'all would have called us 15 years ago, yeah. we may could have done something about it. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. If we'd have known that North Carolina was going to be the hotbed for growth 15 years ago, maybe we could have actually planned a little bit better. But Hindsight's we're glad you're here. <laughs> we're glad you're here. We're just all going to work through it together. Absolutely. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Is that your favorite one? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Glad to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page, website, uh, X formerly known as Twitter, and the YouTubes yes. and the LinkedIn's. Yes. So we are everywhere. Yes. So before the break, we were talking about uh, the budget, and uh, you had brought up the Opportunity Scholarships. Yes. And so um, you know, for people who aren't familiar, uh, these are scholarships that can go to parents uh, mm-hmm. to assist with uh, educational choices outside. Uh-huh. Of traditional public schools, and I know that, that you was said, very educational y- lingo there. I, I've got that the was lingo. very politician of you. I was very prepped. I, I, How about I prepped this? myself. <laughs> The money follows the child. The money follows the child. Okay, that's that is far more okay. succinct than the way I I sounded very educated and enlightened. Sure. You sounded very straightforward and, and the way it was. Yeah, that's why you're a good politician. But tell us about the opportunity scholarships. Oh yeah. So okay. So the opportunity scholarships are what it's a nice name to say voucher. And what this does is it allows families who choose not to go to traditional public ed or charter schools, which are also public schools, to go to a private school. Now, normally that, um, like, so I have one child who graduated from private school or is graduating from a private school because of COVID. That's when we moved because they were still open. And we had, I had another one who graduated from public. So I feel like I've got a good handle on both of those. So for a family that doesn't have a lot of money, private schools are not an option. So they have been an option for a long time in North Carolina through this program. So Now, if you don't make a lot of money, so in other words, if you could qualify for free and reduced lunch, then your family is eligible for a voucher for to go to private school for seven thousand two hundred and thirteen dollars in next year. So fiscal well, Ashley says fiscal year twenty three twenty four. So there's a lot of, and I think there's a um, group called Thales Academy that actually has figured out how to educate a child for that amount of money a year. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, great private schools that are taking um, this opportunity scholarship um, and and doing wonderful things with it. Now, so if you are a family that say that $7,000 isn't a lot of money to, but yet you're still paying for private school, what we did in this budget is we extended it to all families. So it doesn't mean if you make less than a certain amount, it means whatever you make, but you don't get the full 7,000. So say you're Donald Trump and Barron wants to go to Charlotte Catholic. Let's uh-huh. just say that. So he would only be reimbursed up to $4,328 a year. So it's not the full scholarship. Now, these are separate funds outside of traditional public ed. There's a separate scholarship and any unused money at the end of the year goes back to public ed. 
that's something that they don't talk about a lot. So that, to be clear, these opportunity scholarships are it is out of a it is not it is not you're not you're not uh, taking from Peter to pay Paul. Right. It is not taking down traditional school money. It is a separate pool of money that provides over for the for these opportunity right. scholarships. Now, 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 now that's going to put some people's hair on fire from traditional public ed. And this is where I said I started it one way and became another. Because remember, I'm trained as a teacher. I was a terrible teacher. God bless you, teachers. You you barely need patience to be a teacher, and I don't have much of that, so I was not great in the classroom. But um, and so, but also a public school advocate, and that's how I actually became a state senator. Is working in in David, how I met you, mm-hmm. is working for public schools, um, in public school uh, funding. So they'll say, but yes, once you move that child away, then the state and local supplement that we get to educate that child will be away from us. So in other words, if so when, when my oldest, my youngest child went to school, the state would gave up to like $7,000 to go to Iredell Statesville schools. Now that she goes to Statesville Christian, they don't get that $7,000. And so that's what they're saying. It's taking money away from public ed. And I get that. And so that's a valid, that's a but valid thing. But to be thing. fair, you're also taking the child right. away from there. So, so let's say that child had never been a member of that school, that money never would have been there to begin with. So clarity is important here. (laughs) Yes, then that's a fair point. Then you don't have the cost of educating the kid. Exactly. Right? So the kid's not there, then it doesn't cost you to educate the kids. So anyway, so so there's some other stuff. And, you know, my true thought when I was, you know, as I started out with this, you know, as a kid who public schools basically saved her life, it went for my teachers and my schools and my grandparents, I would be in a ditch somewhere. I really did worry about having this you know, they talk about white flight or rich flight. I don't even think it has to do with color anymore. I think it ha- has to do with economic mm-hmm. levels, you know. And so, you know, worried about like, well, are you going to just keep a certain class of people in public ed? But then you start looking at the opportunity scholarship and where it's succeeding. And it's not in white areas or mm-hmm. rich areas. It's actually in inner cities where people who live in the cities of North Carolina, who their kids are tracking to failing schools, they want an option and they can't afford to pay that $7,000 a year. So this opportunity scholarship allows them to have an opportunity to get a different education for their child in a private school. So again, the money follows the child. Exactly. But so going back to the point and something that I've just tossed around a lot, public schools aren't wrong, right? That $7,000 is gone. But the thing that is lost on, not lost on me is that some kids are more expensive to educate than others. What public schools are really worried about is they have the kids that are very expensive to educate and they lose the ones that cost less because they're using the extra money that doesn't cost for those kids to educate those that, that just takes more on. That's a, that's, I think that's a valid point. You know, you know, don't you? I, absolutely. I agree that 100 percent. And we had this conversation, um, you know, when we got our start back advocating for the school bond and everything like that in Ardell County way back when, um, you know, we had extensive conversations with the superintendents of both districts. And this was a, a something that was talked about, even though it was sort of outside the scope of the bond at the time, right. was that you do expend, you know, there are kids who require more resources than others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by law, public schools cannot turn anyone away as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, when you're talking about facilities, um, uh, for um, you know, for uh, kids with with physical disabilities, um, kids who maybe have you know very rough home lives and need mental health counseling, yeah. things like that. Yes, it w- and kids who start with learning disabilities, right. dyslexia, any number of things. It does cost more because they need specialized resources right. that other kids do not. Right, which we considered what health resources. Right, right. health. So this is where it kind of came to a full circle for me because I do think we need to look at education totally differently. It does cost more for public schools to educate those 
kids who need mental health or physically health services. It just does. And that is the concern. But every kid in North Carolina either is eligible for Medicaid or private pay insurance. Every one of them. Paid for by the state. Paid for by the state or by their family. So in part of those health plans, there are already psychologists, nurses, all of those services are already paid for through a private pay or a Medicaid pay by the state. So why are the, so, so now that this opportunity scholarship has passed and schools are very nervous about this very real problem, maybe this is the catalyst to help them look at how are they gonna deliver those services for a cheaper price or for a different price? Well, if we're already paying for it through health insurance and through Medicaid, then why don't they partner with an Avant or a Blue Cross and Blue Shield or other, some other type of healthcare provider and bring the services to school through a private-public partnership? Because if you say, let's just say this is, and please feel free to push back on me because it's just an idea, but if you can put a school nurse or a nurse from Novant, I'm, assuming, I'm just picking Novant, mm-hmm. it could be anybody, if you, if you put a Novant nurse into a school, then that nurse can bill the private pay insurance or Medicaid for every service that she is, or he is delivering to those kids at no cost to the school. But yet now we are woefully understaffed for school nurses, school psychologists, all of these things. So it seems like this is a really great time to be transformational in the education system. And again, this is just like my back of the napkin pizza box idea. But this may be the time where we can really look at schools, educate the kids, and healthcare, fix their brains, and fix their bones. Yeah. And be good at what you're doing, and do a private-private partnership to deliver those much-needed services that are already being paid for, and for a better price, and probably better services, because you're going to be in a you know, healthcare community, so you're going to have nurses who are around other nurses, and not just stuck in with an education system. I, no. That's, that, that's my idea. And I think it makes total sense um, uh, to me because this is one of the things, you know, and I, I know that you have seen this in your time uh, in elected office, obviously at the state level. I saw it um, during my time at the local level It is duplication of services. Yes. Um, we have, there are numerous opportunities that can happen between, um, you know, obviously one of the things that I, that I learned was drilled into me when I first became a municipal uh, commissioner was uh, we don't do schools. We don't do schools. We don't do schools. Totally fair. Totally. But that does not mean that we can't partner with schools. That doesn't mean that we can't share resources. We can't share facilities. We can't, you know, partner together to to provide a more expansive type of service, a more efficient type of Mm -hmm. service than what each of us individually can um, provide on our own. And to be fair, it is, you don't want schools to be in the healthcare business and you don't want healthcare to be in the educating our kids business. So let's let each of them that know their business, that know what it takes, you know, let the schools educate like you just said, let the private um, healthcare companies provide for the mental ser- mental health services, physical health services mm-hmm. for these kids, mm-hmm. because one knows how to do it, the other doesn't. And mm-hmm. to ask either one to get into the other's arena is not a, is not fair, right. and it's not going to work out well. Right. So it makes complete and total sense to me. Now I'm sure there's, it makes too much sense, and we said it within 15 minutes. So there's got to be a thousand things wrong. Oh, I'm sure there's but- <laughs> more than a thousand things wrong with it. But I think we should really look at those kind of out of the box funding for education, and I do see it as a duplication of service. Every kid in North Carolina has health care. You know, those who and sign with up- the passing of Medicaid expansion now, right. it, 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 the gap right. is now closed, so it, it goes even further. So now. why do we have to pay for a school psychologist through the school system, and then also a psychologist through Medicaid? Can't that be combined into one? 
I would think so. <laughs> I would think so. And if the issue with having children being educated and that costs more to educate, then how do you figure out to make them better? You want better health outcomes anyways, but how do you figure out how to make them to provide the same services that you need for a lower cost? Right. Well, eliminate the duplication of services. Yeah. Big idea day. Big idea day. <laughs> Big here's idea here's day. what I will tell you is, is that the good thing about you being a legislator is that if there are administrative barriers to this occurring, those can come down. That's right. We just need to know what they are. They can come down. What is tougher to break down is the wall that any oh. entity inside of the public sector inevitably puts around it, not, yep. not, not, not to do bad or anything like that, but at his legitimate desire to do good and to do anything like that inherently puts a wall up that, that makes it more difficult for those partnerships. Professional protectionism. So exactly. Yeah. So it's more cultural mm -hmm. than policy. The policies can be fixed. The culture, a little tougher. Yeah. Well, I'm in. Let's yeah. do it. All right. All right. We need, we'll, we need a we'll fun fix nickname. We'll by, by next show? Yeah, by next next week, we're going to get this fixed. <laughs> You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. this one too. You like this one? I do. <laughs> and yeah, we're a professional cut in there. Yeah. Dan. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on uh, WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. If you'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News we uh, website, social media pages, YouTube, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and LinkedIn. Hot off the presses during the break, we did really? receive um, a text from uh, the uh, from a uh, distinguished medical worker. Oh, um, from, from the front lines? From the front lines in oh, our medical community, okay. my, my uh, nurse practitioner wife. Yes. Uh, she wanted to text to say, one, first and foremost, you're her favorite. Oh. And then second, that she actually agrees uh, with uh, everything that you said. Well done. Thank and you. go make it happen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda Coble. <laughs> Hug Maggie for me. I mean, Margaret Thatcher. And then, she goes by Maggie, uh -huh. but I don't I don't trust the tone in your voice there. Oh, I yeah. still think oh, I, I still speaking think there of, was sarcasm there. Speaking of tone and voice, did you hear Nikki Haley get all over our Oh my last night? gosh. I mean She came off a little rough. You know what? You See, still love her, I know. Well, yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. Uh -huh. Donald Trump does something like that, and everybody's like, okay, oh, fair. we love Donald Trump, we love Donald And the fact that I'm making this point to a woman, <laughs> is, I'm not mansplaining here, okay? I want this clear. Donald Trump does that, and all the rank-and-file red meat lovers in our party uh -huh. just jump all over. He's a fighter, he's a fighter, he's yeah, a fighter. Nikki fair. Haley does it, and she She's is shrill. shrill. Mm -hmm. and, and something else that we can't say, you know, due to FCC regulations on here. But it's like, it's like it's such a double standard. It's like, you want everybody yeah. say, I want a fighter, I want a fighter, but you got a woman up there who's fighting, uh -huh. and... And it's like, well, I don't know if she came across very good. And it's like, take your pick, folks. Take your pick, right? But I love me some Nikki Haley, so I, I may be a little riled up about that. But, yes, she went off on Vivek, and she wasn't wrong, by the way. You think he's um, in with the Chinese? Um, well, or he I, gave half I, a million dollar to Hunter, Hunter Biden? That well, was I mean, I, I think that uh, I have never known Nikki Haley to be someone who didn't say something that was, you know, she, she generally does yeah, her research. But to be fair, I mean, Vivek, is a he's a business guy, and it is very tough to be successful in business at, at a larger level without doing something. Especially in technology. Yeah. Especially in technology yeah. without doing given that <laughs> all the raw materials yeah. for the things that technology builds sure. comes from China. Yeah. So you're kind of you're kind of unavoidable, but it is a political campaign. You have to turn those things to where uh, to uh, to the where you need it. But so I thought she did very good. If you were on stage last night, and the last question was, 
Who amongst you should be dropped out, dropping out? Did you hear about this? I did not, no. There was a game show type question at the very end. The moderator asked and gave each one of them a board and said, who among you should drop out? And so Chris Christie immediately starts writing. And then, and then DeSantis is like, I'm not answering that question. That is not, we are here to debate the facts. And everybody else said they would answer the question. Meanwhile, Chris Christie with his, <laughs> I'm sure Chris his Christie. chubby hands is over there like erasing whatever name he wrote. <laughs> That's fantastic. Chris Christie's like, oh, I was waiting for this one. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> See, now, I would have had a lot more respect for Chris Christie if he'd have just said, I'll answer it right here. Everybody right here. All these people right I here. I think they should all just put Trump because, you know, that's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm on that stage, I'm right on the board. Trump, uh, I'm, I'm saying every. I'm basically saying everybody except. Um, I'm saying everybody except Trump, Haley, and DeSantis. Okay, like every, no one else up there has a remote chance yeah. of winning. Those yeah. are really the only three that have a remote chance of winning. Everybody else, get out. Yeah, just get out. But uh, but uh, but no, hey. I thought I but I thought it was good. But you yeah. um before the break, we were, we're talking talk about education and funding yeah. and, and everything like that. But also um and education funding, not just raises and stuff like that for teachers. Also right. some money for athletic fields in our county. Yes, yes, yes. So we got some winners coming in. So I'm very grateful that we were able to get some money for both Mooresville Graded School District for their athletic field. That was my big thing. I want I want it for athletics. Um and also um which is something we're gonna kinda lead into at the end of the end of for the our rated show. X segment. For our rated X section. I mean, I think the accuser committed the crime on this one. I may have mean tweeted. You mean tweeted? A little bit. Well, I mean we'll we, talk about it. We'll but. talk about it, but if you mean tweeted, I think it's probably fantastic. But it was it was factual. Okay, okay. we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Talk about later. But um so primarily for the baseball and softball fields, um, and also for Idaho State School School. Again, well, hopefully they focus on the baseball and softball fields as an old softball player. Well, yeah. Of course. Of course. And, and, and softball. So if you hear my voice and you're on those committees, make sure we, we love on some softball. <laughs> um, <clears throat> kidding. But, yeah, so for uh, South, North, and West Iredell. So hopefully the county commissioners can put some more money in and we can upgrade all the athletic fields. Because athlete. You know, athletics are important to education because a lot of times those kids who are on the cusp who may not really care about, you know, the school – they really care about Friday Night Lights. Yes, they do. They love coming to school so they can go play ball. And so that's just such a big enriching experience. And oftentimes counties uh, over have to overlook or underfund their athletic facilities because of they have other educational needs. So mm -hmm. I'm just grateful that that was in the budget. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, um, another uh, sub uh, another significant uh, athletic upgrade coming to our, our, our Mamata, UNC Charlotte, go yes. Niners. Yeah. Um, $25 million <laughs> yeah. uh, for the stadium expansion matched uh, by a private uh, donation okay. uh, of another $25 million from Smokey Bissell. Yeah. So total of $50 million going into that stadium renovation, which I for one just think is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a, uh, it was really cool to see that yeah. and really cool to see, you know, a, a private donor, because one of the things that, that you know that, that Charlotte has always has struggled with to date is you know those folks, those those people who may not be part, have not gone to UNC Charlotte. I mean, mm -hmm. you're it's still a relatively young university mm -hmm. in comparison to the other schools inside the system, um, um, and so a lot of times building that private successful donor base with the kind of means to give the way Smokey Bissell did, it's tough. Yeah. And and to see that happen now, I mean, coming from when, you know, I was there and you were there, yeah. light years difference between <laughs> the the campus experience at UNC Charlotte now <laughs> than when you and I were there. So when you and I were there, do you remember we used to have computer labs at the bottom of the yes. dorms? Yes. And they were like the green screen and a floppy disk and you... 
you had to go down there and actually schedule a time. Well, to... you had to schedule a time, but uh-huh. I still remember like I, I, my first exposure to the internet at all was in the computer lab at UNC Charlotte. And really? Yeah. I had never been on the internet before until I went to college. Yeah. Um, which, you know, for those of you listening who are younger than me, yeah. which I don't know that our audience really skews much younger than me, <laughs> but there might be one or two. There might be one or two. Hopefully our kids listen. Hopefully, no, my kids don't. Oh, they, they, okay. My kids don't. Yeah. Uh, but my wife is younger than me, so she qualifies. There you go. Okay. Um, but um, the um, but my first exposure to the internet was the mm-hmm. computer labs, and then my first exposure to online gaming was in the computer labs because we could take Age of Empires and take it <laughs> to the computer lab, and then we it could network them all together, <laughs> and you could play. And so you, the computer labs will be turned into the gaming labs, which right. incidentally Car- uh, Charlotte That's now has a, a fantastic lead-in. esports yeah. program. Yeah, also got some money yeah. uh, in the state budget, so a lot of good quality stuff there for uh, places and, that are near and, and you, us. And you actually developed that love of the internet into a career at with your banking career in IT and, and doing systems development. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, however we can grab... It wasn't quite as fun, but the yeah. age of empires in the computer lab, but it was, you know, it was But there close. was a correlation. <laughs> there was a correlation. I do want to note, too, about the state budget, um, because I do represent Cornelius. We were able to get some money in there for Cornelius for some infrastructure, $3 million for um, some infrastructure, half a million for the museum. But, you know, we always hear that Raleigh hates Mecklenburg County, mm-hmm. right? We hear that. I don't know that that's necessarily true. So when I was looking at budget appropriations, the total amount uh, for just kind of like um, for Mecklenburg County coming out of Raleigh is about $140 million coming into Mecklenburg County from the North Carolina state budget. That's a fairly big number. Yeah. So there's this misnomer (laughs) that, you know, Republicans uh, bleed out Democrats and we're not, you know, investing in the areas that, you know, are thriving, but there is a significant amount of investment. Now this is without transportation projects that we were investing in those kind of things. So I just want to make a shout out that it's sometimes perception and reality and numbers matter yeah. going into our mean tweet. And talk a little bit soon. about, uh, so in, in transportation was something that you mentioned. So transportation funding, generally you all deal with that separately yep. outside of just the general budget, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So remember we did a sales tax transfer, sales tax transfer. If I said well, that uh, really fast, enunci- it was, enunciate it. <laughs> it was not going good. So in other words, uh, about up to 6% of the money that's collected through sales tax, that's, I mean, every time you pay a dollar, in North, with 7.25% goes in sales tax, we are doing a transfer over to transportation. So that's about the extent of how much the uh, general budget deals with transportation. Otherwise, it's gas tax, registration fees, money from the federal government, which comes from gas tax. Mm-hmm. That's why my focus has been the gas tax, the gas tax. Uh, for so long. So yeah, it's a whole different ballgame um, in there. Now, there's the what we do is we appropriate within that budget when those monies comes in how it's spent. But other than that, it's not like we can levy a new tax or anything else like that. Well, actually, we did. But I mean, it's it's just a whole um, separate function of the general fund. But it's not good. But the the budget itself is more about. Um, do, so do you all? And, and this is for my own curiosity. Uh-huh. You all basically <laughs> fund DOT for the road projects that they recommend, or is that like oh. a separate highway bill type thing? Like you fund DOT yeah. and then you fund a separate thing. So remember, they fund themselves and there's a highway fund and a highway trust fund. And the way I remember, that's, so that's two buckets of money. And the way I remember the, remember, remember the difference is you trust the highway fund to build your roads. Ah. So, and the other one is general maintenance, so the highway fund. Got it. And some stuff from airports and things like that. So under those two buckets is how all the funding is. So they intake the money, they divide them in the two buckets, and there's buckets in there. And some of those buckets under the Highway Trust Fund is called the State Transportation um, Improvement Plan or the STEP. That's that 10-year plan that says, 
hey, exit 28 is coming in or exit um, 26 is coming in, but it's not going to come in for 10 years. So that's that construction plan. Got it. And then also um, one last item, local interest, the Statesville Airport. Yes. Uh, some additional it's funding for the Statesville Airport. It's a huge deal. Um, Statesville Airport uniquely positioned because it doesn't share airspace with Charlotte. And so um, it'd be uh, expanding up there. I mean, mm-hmm. some exciting things going on at the Statesville Airport. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that's a big thing because as Charlotte Mecklenburg or Charlotte Airport continues to expand, they're basically pushing out their general aviation, which means not commercial aviation. So the Concorde is full, right? And so they need to go somewhere, and Statesville is the next logical spot. Uh, Statesville has the only east-west runway for that type of, uh, in our area, so that's a good thing, so you don't have to hit winds on coming in. Absolutely. See, and it doesn't share airspace with Charlotte, so it actually gets controlled out of the Atlanta Tower, so if you're a pilot and you're coming in, you have a much easier time landing in Statesville than you would in Concorde. Very nice. We'll be right back after the break. Eighties rock feel there. It's a little Rush Limbaugh feel, didn't it? It did a, a little, little bit, bit yeah. too. I mean, we're pulling those kind of ratings now, from what I hear. <laughs> well, last week we did. <laughs> Welcome back to We're Just Saying with Senator Ricky Sawyer and David. I'd like to be part of our show, eight four four Studio Four. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News website, Facebook page. X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And, I yes. do, and for those who do not watch us online, I do have to read that off the paper. Okay. Because I can, I can, I never can get it right. Well, let's just say we're, just, we're everywhere. We're, every, we're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Well, everywhere. Look at you. You're just, you're just consolidating everything yeah. into streamlined messaging today. I'm trying to bring up the ratings because I am a little you know, worried about last week. You, ha- you, have, Henry, you, like... have, you brought your game up today. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm going to tell you. You, I... have, you have stepped your game up. I don't know if it'll be enough, but, it, but we'll see. You ready for we, a rated X? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely ready for our rated X. So, for those who are not familiar, a couple of weeks ago we started the uh, rated X segment on our. This is where uh, on our show. This is where uh, we read out uh, mean tweets that have been directed at our good senator uh, based off things she said. But today it looks like there's some mean tweets. Was, you reversed. You, re, you reversed the. Uh, you reversed the script this I week. I did. I did. I reversed the script. I did. Well, did the, I mean obviously, but given I think people understand. Given that anyone who's listens to the show understands that the uh, the target of said uh, tweet more than deserved it but uh you got hit up out uh, you got hit you got well, clocked back at by the uh high school athletic association yay! your old nemesis <laughs> which i'm pretty sure they listened to the show because when i called in last week about the budget i had mentioned how they said they had started a new association and had moved over just enough just enough money to not be investigated by the you know by us or the attorney general's office and guess what happened on Monday? What? They did a press release talking about their new organization. Isn't that, uh, so, uh, yep. I'd say it's safe bet that this, this show is being monitored by them these days. Well, so in that vein, I, I love, let me just go ahead and say, so there's this, um, so my, one of my friends and uh, um, support, co-senators, I'm trying to say, colleague, um, Todd Johnson, he went on a sports report that's actually out of Charlotte Observer. You can go online and see that. I think it's called Prep Talks. And during that, the High School Athletic Association put up this graph and said that they'd returned over like $22 million to schools. Now, I've been looking at their 990s, their audited financial statements for the past three years. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not an accountant. (laughs) But I never saw that. Yeah. Like if that, if okay, may, oh my God, am I wrong? Like yeah. I just started stressing. <laughs> like, wait a minute, where where are they getting these numbers from? So then I pulled out the latest on nineties that I'd asked them to give me, which twenty one, twenty two, I think, and I saw where they got their numbers from. Where did they get them? Well, let's go back to the mean tweet part. Okay. So there was a tweet that said, 
$22,895,609.30. Don't forget the 30 cents. That's how much money the High School Athletic Association has given back to member schools since it separated from UNC in 2010. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now remember, they only gave away forty thousand five hundred dollars in scholarships a couple years ago. Okay. So hell, uh, yeah. Like, so where's the, the math? Where, where, yeah, where's, I know they're not making up? this up, right? Yeah. I know they're not um, making it up. But then it goes on to say, SB forty two, which is Senate Bill four fifty two, prevents the association and foundation from providing grants and scholarships. <laughs> so to be clear, you all you all wrote a bill that prevented them from doing what they haven't been doing to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so he was assuming that Science. that they wouldn't be able to. The bill will not be. So the, the the intent of the tweet is that that we are going to rob schools of twenty two million dollars in funding for athletics. So I was like, so wait a minute, you, how do you get to that? Wait a minute. So this was my moment. Okay, this was my mean tweet back, and my mean tweet back was, "Are you referencing the partial reimbursement for travel expenses to schools?" to regional and state playoff games while the High School Athletic Association sold preferred vendor status and corporate sponsorship to those games, all while charging families and spectators full ticket price. Mm-hmm. I was a little angry. Uh, a little, yeah, a little, I could, honestly, I could, I, I, could, I could hear the, uh, I could hear the, yeah, going in through your, uh, going in through your chair right there. I think there's some dents there in the iPhone cover. Yes, there is. I had to rechange. I had to like get my uh, screensaver off of there and put another one on. But it was like you are completely misrepresenting this. So I pulled up their 990s. And for everybody else, that's a publicly available tax tax document for any 501c3 or nonprofit charitable organization. You can go online and look at them. So this is not you know inside baseball information. This is something you can pull down. So what he's, what he's talking about or what they're reporting, that is legitimately expenses that teams have to endure in order to go play at playoff games. <laughs> so in order to attend the events that the High School Athletic Association has them come to, right. these are there. And they'll say, oh, we're going to give you a little bit of that back, yeah. guys. Yeah. And then we're going to keep all this ticket revenue yeah. and all this vendor revenue. Oh, you know, they didn't keep all the ticket revenue. Let me, let me talk about that. So... They got $1.7 million in gate receipts in this, like, so 20 year 2021-22. They shared back $288,000 of that with the school. <laughs> you know, guys, at some but, point you're doing it wrong, okay? Yeah. I mean, they're already doing it wrong. But if you're going to battle back against the, the light being shined on your practices. Don't lie. Don't lie. And do it in honest. I mean, well, this is, this is, these are like the death rolls, right? It's like you got nothing else to do. Right. So it's like, let's put this out there and let's see if we can make people buy it. Right. And that's, it's like, that is so false. Yes, you gave money to schools, but you reimbursed their expenses, and you made money off of those schools. Now, they did give scholarships, right, in this year. There was 39 scholarships given to individual students for a total of, like, $40,500. They did give two coaches awards away. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. That was, that was good of them. Total of $5,000. Wow. Now, 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 wait a minute. Now, I will say that something that is missed, and I, they do give grants, like, up to, I think, $4,500 or $5,000 back to schools. But when we investigated that, you know which schools actually got all the grants? What? The wealthy ones that can afford grant writers or have moms and dads <laughs> who do it as a business. So, like, you know, I'm going to say the high school that's out in 
you know, rural North Carolina, that the coach is also the field linesman who's also cuts the grass on Saturdays, who's doing a fundraiser for popcorn to make sure they have helmets. That guy doesn't have time to sit down and write a grant. Yeah. But it's just, you know, and, and so really what happened is, is that we saw the High School Athletic Association, what little money they were giving back to schools were given back to those who didn't need it. Yeah. So the idea is, is that how about instead of taking a dollar and giving some schools back 40 cents, how about just take 40 cents? Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. They don't need to be in the grant making business. They They need to make sure. So the high school athletics needs to be administered by the high school athletic association. In other words, they do a really good job of making the trains or the games Mm -hmm. run on time. That's what they do. But the state of North Carolina we're the ones who are responsible for the passengers on those trains. Mm-hmm. We're the ones responsible to say who gets on and who gets off, not them. Right. And that's all this is. It's a third party group that is beloved. I understand, but, but they are a company. Who? Well, you know, that's the thing. Who beloves them? I don't know anymore. <laughs> so we were talking um, amongst some folks uh, who are elected in the Senate and like the, we're not getting any mad, mad emails about High School Athletic Association. In fact, we're getting the opposite. We're getting way to go. Yeah. Thank, mean, you. Yeah, well, thank you, you. I remember when you first started this, um, when it all started. And, and for people who forget, all of this started because of a school in Iredale County. Anson. Who, and yeah, that it oh. had, or, or an Anson County school mm-hmm. that had basically had a player they ruled ineligible. And so, and yeah. that, that how all this started? Yeah, so there was uh, Anson County, which is Wadesboro. Uh, area. They had um, some post-game uh, ejections that disallowed that school to continue off in the playoffs. And so the senator down there had asked for, you know, hey, can you please look at this again? Um, so it was really trying to help a, minor- a majority-minority school yeah. trying to get to the playoffs because yeah. they got kicked out for a fight that happened on both sides. That was really how it all started. Right. And from there, it just sort of snowballed. But at some point in time, don't. It's, here's my thing. When you see this level of, you know, actions, well, you know, and mm-hmm. there's 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 two explanations for it. It is incompetence or it is corruption. Mm-hmm. And neither of those are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are an administrative function that basically is there, like you said, to make sure the trains run on time. Mm-hmm. The high schools and the sports are the product. The parents and the teachers are the fans. That's right. And you should not be profiting off of that, especially not to the tune. Uh, now, operationally speaking, yes, make yes. Your, make your you know, be able to fund your operations. But the fact that you were able to accumulate forty million dollars mm-hmm. into your bank account mm-hmm. simply keep simply when your entire job is to make sure the trains run on time, that is a problem. Right. And the fact that people are just now looking at it. Right. It's just now risen to the level and people have raised enough concerns. And, and, and I remember when this started, you had athletic directors calling you, yes. coaches calling you and saying, please don't use my name. That's right. Please don't tell to anyone I call you. Because it's like because the they will there will be there will be retribution mm-hmm. towards these people. They are legitimately scared of it because this organization literally holds these schools sports fates in their hand. These mm-hmm. kids who are put, you know, putting in their heart and souls on these fields and on these courts, they literally have their futures in their hands. Mm-hmm. And they can they can snap them back in a heartbeat mm-hmm. in retribution for somebody speaking out. Absolutely. I mean, so what the bill does, and we did get it passed, and hopefully the governor will sign into law. Or allowed to become law is it just basically says that high school athletic association do what you're good at make sure the trains run on time mm-hmm. everything else it falls under the purview of the state and the elected 
state superintendent, not the appointed school board. It wasn't under the state. The, the, the school board had this authority all along. They just kind of gave it over to the mm -hmm. athletic association and they never held them accountable until we started looking. Mm -hmm. And so now we realize that this is such an important fabric of our school community that really should have someone who's elected to oversee that because we need someone who's directly accountable to the people because this is the, these are the people's schools. No, 100%. Well, uh, big plans for the weekend? No. Ball is in the air. <laughs> Sitting on your porch uh, and enjoy the see. weather. Yeah, we have the Walk for Recovery in Iredale County at the Troutman ESC. Debbie Page and those folks have done a really good job. They were here last week talking yes. about it. Make sure to come out and see them. Um, and then otherwise, just enjoying fall weather. It's sweater weather. Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for being part of our show today. We will be back next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.